0: CLNS Media powered by betonline.ag. Go to slash roll. Use our promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your first deposit. Bang! episode of the Sealiness Media Boston Celtics post game show. I am your host, New Bedford Nick Sassento. I believe I'll be flying solo for this abbreviated post game show as the Boston Celtics hosted the Atlanta Hawks tonight at T D Garden. Taking what looked like it was going to be an easy win heading into the second half or heading into the fourth quarter. And uh Man, Hawks making it somewhat of a tight game, but the Boston Celtics eventually winning out one twelve to one oh seven, improving to uh thirty six and fifteen? that can't be right. Thirty six and fifteen? Thirty six and fifteen on the season, twenty two and five at home. Boston Celtics looking good heading into the all-star break, although we all know the big matchup with the L.A. Clippers right before the break um, is just around the corner. So don't get too excited over wins over the Atlanta Hawks. Um, As I said, 112-107, Boston Celtics defeating the Atlanta Hawks tonight. That leaves, for the time being, the Boston Celtics still in third place in the Eastern Conference. Uh, trailing the Toronto Raptors for second place by a game and a half. And we'll keep an eye on the Toronto Raptors game um, against the Indiana Pacers as they are just entering the fourth quarter on ESPN right now. Um, I believe 87 to 83 is the score. So Indiana could do us a favor and uh, help us get to within half a game of the Toronto Raptors For Second place in the Eastern Conference Um, With that said Before we get into a complete breakdown Of tonight's 112-107 win Over the Atlanta Hawks Just like to remind everybody that this is A live That's right, live Boston Celtics Post-game call-in show And you can join the conversation By dialing our toll-free Call lines At 347 Two one five, seven 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 one, 7771. And if you'd like to get on the air and you're not just listening, please press 1 on your dial pad, or if you're using an old school rotary phone like your grandmother, dial 1 when you hear that automated operator. That'll let me know when I look at the switchboard that you'd like to join the conversation live on the CLNS airwaves. And as always, the toll free car lines and This episode in its entirety of the Sealiners Media Boston Celtics post Game Show is brought to you by our fantastic sponsors, HelloFresh. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Get easy, seasonal recipes, and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. All you have to do is cook and enjoy. For $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com forward slash CLNS80, and enter CLNS80. That's CLNS80. Once again, if you'd like to join HelloFresh and their wonderful subscription of meal kits in which they provide you all of the recipes, all of the ingredients, pre-measured, delivered right to your front door, Or backdoor if you prefer. I don't know what type of person you are. Maybe you like things delivered to your backdoor. Sometimes people steal things off your front porch. You know, you want it to be dropped off in the back. Who knows? But make sure to sign up for HelloFresh.com forward slash CLNS80 to get $80 off your first month of their tasty vittles. Once again, we're going to get right into this game, the Boston Celtics defeating the Atlanta Hawks. I think i said this about five times now because the last time I hosted the postgame show, my ESPN box score did not update or refresh uh, as quickly as I would have liked it to. And I got the score wrong for half of the uh, podcast or half of the show. So I'm going to get it right and say it a million times, the Boston Celtics winning 112-107 to 107 over the Atlanta Hawks that makes the Celtics uh, winners of five in a row. And of those five games that they've won in a row, uh, amongst them, or amongst their opponents, I should say, are the Magic, the Heat, and rival Philadelphia Seventy Sixes. Those three are playoff teams. So uh, when you win, actually I should say, six in a row. So when you win six in a row and half of those games are against the uh, against playoff teams in the Eastern Conference, playoff teams in your conference, those are quality wins. Of course, games against the Atlanta Hawks, who you know just like to put up a fight before uh, withering away and dying late in the game because they don't really want the wins. They want to tank and trust the process if they really believe that's uh, the the way to build a competitive franchise in the NBA. I think the Philadelphia 76ers are a perfect example of how not to trust the process, and the Boston Celtics are a perfect example of why you shouldn't trust the process and why you should just stick with your homegrown talent if you have a quality GM like Danny Ainge and a quality coach like Brad Stevens that can develop talent like the man of the hour, Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum scoring 32 points tonight, that is his second game in a row, for the first time in his career, two games in a row, scoring 30 points or more, not only that, but Jason Tatum has scored 20 plus in his last eight games in a row, 20 plus in his last eight games in a row, and 20 plus in 10 of his last 11 games since his 41-point game back at the beginning of January, so it is safe to say that Jason Tatum, uh, for all the talk on this show of uh, inconsistencies and you know issues, you know shooting or getting in rhythm behind the arc and all that other stuff, Jason Tatum has. Well, we already knew in Boston that Jason Tatum arrived, but everybody else um, officially knows that Jason Tatum has arrived because not only is Jason Tatum's jersey, the number four selling jersey in the NBA, as we've mentioned on this podcast before. But he is also officially, where is this? I just i just read a stat, and now I can't find it, where he ranks in the uh, NBA.com MVP ladder. Tatum ranks number nine in NBA.com's MVP ladder. So, uh, not only are Boston fans, and I imagine a lot of that is ballot stuffing by the Boston uh, faithful, if it is a voting-type thing. I have not looked on NBA.com to check the latter. I just saw the, uh, I guess you could call it a statistic, the factoid, the tidbit, the trivial knowledge pass through my news feed on one of my social medias, whichever one it is. Um, again, Jason Tatum proving why he is number nine on NBA.com's MVP ladder with his performance tonight. His his second thirty-two point or thirty-point performance, thirty-plus point performance in the past two games. Scoring thirty-two points tonight to go with four rebounds and six assists. Jason Tatum even passing the ball and two blocks. So. The defense coming around, the offense coming around, uh, shooting better than 50% from the field tonight, 10 for 19, shooting better than 50% from three, seven for 12, shooting, well, obviously better than 50% from the line, five of six. Uh, Jason Tatum doing everything right except for those five turnovers. We'll forgive you, Jason, uh, because we love those 32 points, those four rebounds and those six assists. And as I was listening to the Boston Celtics, uh, broadcast uh, I believe Mike Gorman mentioned that Jason Tatum amongst all the fourth quarter leaders in terms of uh scoring leaders in the fourth quarter, players that you know lead the league in scoring in the fourth quarter when it matters in crunch time, Jason Tatum is the only one to be averaging the coveted uh fifty forty ninety stat fifty percent from the field forty from three ninety from uh the free throw line so Jason Tatum. Doing his thing, and doing his thing in the absence of uh, several of the Boston Celtics' key players. shorthanded were the Celtics tonight. Um, Jalen Brown, the second half of the Fire and Ice, Reigning Jays, Kid and Play tandem of uh, excellent, outstanding, uh, soon-to-be superstar young wings for the Boston Celtics. Jalen Brown out with an ankle injury. Gordon Hayward still dealing with foot uh, pain, nerve pain in his foot, uh, that he believes stems from his devastating injury, um, what it feels like an eternity ago, uh, several point guards ago, uh, Gordon Hayward still um, dealing with a little bit of uh, residual impact from that injury. And uh, the biggest news, Daniel Tice, um, injured his ankle on Monday against these very uh, Atlanta Hawks, I believe in the third quarter, left that game, was ruled out against the Magic, and um, according to what I just read, it seems that Coach Brad Stevens may in fact be giving Tice the rest of the, uh, let's say, the the rest of these games prior to the All-Star break. Let's just say Daniel Tice may be out until after the All-Star break. Not a good sign for the Boston Celtics, especially uh, heading into that matchup with the Los Angeles Clippers. But uh, as you can see, the Boston Celtics, um, throughout this season, they've dealt with uh, players out players uh, having to be, you know, replaced. Uh, Boston Celtics went five games without Ennis Cantor. Now he's now in his third game back after missing those five games, um, doing a decent job in the starting lineup tonight with a double-double, 16 points, 15 rebounds for Ennis Cantor. I think it's only appropriate that we mention Ennis Cantor second on that list after Jason Tatum. Um, Kimber Walker, Uh, What I read going into this game, supposedly on minutes restrictions, but he played 30 tonight, which seemed to match almost all of the starters except for Jason Tatum. Uh, 15.6 rebounds, 6 assists for Kemba Walker, which seemed to be uh, somewhat of a quiet game, um, at least there in the fourth quarter. But not to bury the lead, because I like what I saw from this kid tonight. I like what I've seen from this kid since he's come back uh, from his various ankle injuries, it seemed like early in the season, just could not get away from the injury bug, kept rolling his ankle, kept missing time, even up there with the Red Claws in Maine, missing time with uh, the Red Claws, just couldn't get on the court, we couldn't see what the Boston Celtics' fourth, 14th pick in the 2019 NBA draft looked like, You um, even had some of the very fickle, Boston Celtics faithful, ready to write him off. And the man I'm talking about is Romeo Langford. Romeo Langford, 16 points, uh, five rebounds on the night, three blocks. Romeo Langford, I thought you were a wing. What are you doing with three blocks? I mean, that's more than anybody else on the team. But you know what? I love that, and that's fantastic. That's called uh, perimeter defense from Romeo Langford. That's called good Uh, switch defense, good rotations by Romeo Langford. Five for 11 shooting, two of five from three, four of six from free throw, including the two free throws that essentially iced the game for the Boston Celtics. Grabbed a key rebound, a critical rebound, as the clock was winding down. The Atlanta Hawks were down by three. Uh, Romeo Langford grabbed that rebound after the ball bounced around a few times. I think the Atlanta Hawks got a couple of looks at it. Uh, at, at tying the game with their three-point shots. Um, Kevin Herter took a three-point shot. Don't know who took that second three-point shot, but both did them missed and that's all that matters. Uh, didn't tie the game. Uh, Romeo Langford grabbed the rebound, got fouled, hit the critical uh, free throws. In addition to that, had some pretty outstanding plays. Caught a nice alley-up. It wasn't an alley-oop because he didn't throw down the oop. He just laid it up, so he got the alley-up. From uh, Marcus Smart, nice play in 29 minutes from Romeo Langford. I mean, I tell you what, if uh, the Boston Celtics can depend on Romeo Langford, I mean, he doesn't have to do 16 points every night. If suddenly Romeo Langford started averaging uh, 16 points and five rebounds uh, for this Boston Celtics team, you better watch out. That's a pretty dangerous team. I don't think he's going to be doing that every single night, but he has absolutely done his job well. coming off the bench and filling in for whoever it is he was filling in for. Tonight, I imagine knowing Brad Stevens, he made his rotations around doing all kinds of different things, but if I had to put a name on it, probably filling in for Jalen Brown is probably the closest in similarity to Romeo Langford, but excellent game from uh, Romeo Langford as well. So, those were your double digit scorers for the Boston Celtics 32 from Jason Tatum, 16 from Ennis Cantor to go with 15 rebounds. Nice double double. Ennis Canter, by the way, is averaging nearly a double double on the season, I believe. Just under 10 points and just under 9 rebounds a game from Ennis Cantor, a guy who is severely underappreciated, just like Daniel Tice. Y'all are going to see, with, without Daniel Tyson, some of these tougher games that, that are coming up. I don't know who the Boston Celtics, I guess, are playing. Uh, the, well, I had it. OKC, a Western Conference um, playoff team right now, the sixth-place Oklahoma City Thunder, um, at Oklahoma City this Sunday. Live on M- NBA TV, 3.30 Eastern Time. You're going to see, as the Boston Celtics play, a little bit tougher competition. Uh, they're going to miss Daniel Tice because Daniel Tice has been Mr. Steady. Daniel Tice has been a defensive anchor. Uh, minus the, you know, the, the, the uh, no, I don't want to say abundance, but minus the, the quantity of timely threes and minus the uh, superior passing ability of old Al, who's, languishing away down there in Philadelphia and may having made the wrong decision. Daniel Tice has done a pretty good job replacing uh that kind of, you know, smaller big man role that uh Al Horford provided for the Boston Celtics uh last season and in previous seasons. Uh once again I'd like to remind everybody before I drone on Forever by myself that uh this is a live toll free uh call in show. Dial your HelloFresh toll-free call lines 347-215-7771 to join the conversation. I see the switchboards just now lighting up, and I see the person that just called. Hit number one to get live on the air. We're going to get to that person. I think I know who it is. We're going to get to them in just a minute. Don't want to leave out the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, if you just looked at the leading scores, you'd be like, well, damn, the Hawks kind of outplayed the uh, Boston Celtics. Uh, John Collins from the same draft, by the way, as uh, Jason Tatum, averaging a double double twenty and ten, had thirty points tonight and ten rebounds. Um, nice game. I like what I saw from John Collins. That's a guy that I mean uh, you would like to have uh, if you're a Boston if you're a Boston Celtic fan and you're looking for a a, a solid big listed as a power forward, but you know, solid game. Uh, and Kevin Herter, who I believe came in the draft. Uh, immediately after that. I think 2018, I'm not positive, but I know he was drafted in the past couple of years. I mean, Kevin Herter, he's uh, a tall wing, 25 points for him, seven rebounds, six assists, and a block. Uh, A tall wing, and that's, aside from the points, he basically does about that. I think he averages about 12 points, maybe uh, four rebounds, three assists, something like that. I looked at his stats earlier in the night, and I don't remember them because I don't really care all that much about Kevin Herter, but... He looks like a Danny Ainge type of player. I know that he's still young. The Hawks probably want to, you know, incorporate him into whatever they're doing in the future. He's a nice young asset. But he looks like the kind of, you know, taller, uh, longer wing that Danny Ainge would like. And it doesn't hurt that he's a ginger because Boston Celtics fans have just never been able to get over the White Mamba. So uh, anytime you can get a ginger on the court, even if it's Delonte West, the Boston Celtics will take it. Got to have the ginger players. Anyways, um... Who else on the, I mean, the the Hawks Hawks bench outperformed, maybe not outperformed because he had 55 combined from John Collins and Kevin Herter, but their bench, 21 points from some guy named Goodwin. Don't even know who the hell that is. That's how much I follow the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, I'll do him justice and look up his name. Brandon Goodwin. He's only 24 years old, so I don't feel oh, any innings he, and from, he went to college right down the road from Florida Gulf Coast University. He must have been proud of that team that, uh, that made it to the tournament a few years back. Um, he decided to have 21 points tonight, even though he's only averaging single figures for the season. Uh, Ten points for Vince Carter, and I think that's about all I'm going to mention from the Atlanta uh, Hawks because I just don't care about the Atlanta Hawks. Um, just one last uh, statistical tidbit, or a couple last statistical tidbits. The Boston Celtics out the Atlanta Hawks 43 uh to 41% from the field but where they really did the damage was from three uh, Boston Celtics shooting 43-plus percent from downtown the Hawks shooting only 33%. Um, The Boston Celtics, for all their desperation of a rebounding big man, got to have a big man that didn't appear at the trade deadline. I know a lot of uh, fans were a little bit upset that – the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers traded a dirty glass of pink lemonade and a stale bag of hot fries for Andre Drummond, and the Boston Celtics couldn't get it done. They didn't make the deal. We need a big man to defend Joel Embiid. No, we don't, because Andre Drummond can't defend Joel Embiid. And Andre Drummond is not the best defensive center. He's a big, lumbering Center, old school center. Yes, he can grab rebounds. Yes, he can put up stats on a trash Detroit Pistons team. But he's not the answer. I'm not upset that Danny Ainge didn't make a move at the trade deadline, especially given the asking price for the pieces that he was looking for. Um, I, I believe there were several hosts here on CLNS Media, myself included, that were interested in possibly a Davis Bertans trade. Uh, but the Washington Wizards wanted two first-round picks for Davis Bertan, so I believe is coming up on an expiring contract. You don't trade two first-round picks for a rental, so Danny Ainge once again doing the right thing. Um, other than that, I believe there may be some players in the buyout market that Danny Ainge will be looking at. Uh, one name that I've seen floated uh, by a couple of different sources is our old friend, and though I'm not going to say I-T, I'm going to say the other T, E-T, Evan Turner because even though he can't shoot the three, and that's his major flaw, it's always been his flaw, uh, he did exceptionally well in Brad Stevens' system when Brad Stevens first came to the Boston Celtics. He is that uh, wing that can uh, attack the basket, that can pass the ball, he can play point forward. Um, Hasn't really done much statistically since leaving the Boston Celtics. He got paid all that money by the Portland Trailblazers, only to end up in Atlanta and basically be put on hiatus, except for I think that one showcase game this past Monday when the Boston Celtics traveled to Atlanta, and Evan Turner played his first game in I don't know how many games and got about 25 minutes out of it. Didn't do all that much on the court. I imagine he was rusty, but yeah, that's what the Boston Celtics are looking at. You're looking at some buyout players, depending on who they are. I know some fans are were interested, are interested. I haven't looked at the news lately in possibly bringing back Isaiah Thomas. Um, again, this is a defensive team. The Boston Celtics pride themselves on defense and Isaiah Thomas as much as we as Boston fans, as Celtics fans, loved the Isaiah Thomas era, loved the little guy, as Tommy Heinsohn would say. Uh, he's just not a, he's a defensive liability, and Kemba Walker also, you know, is on the smaller side, a defensive liability. You couldn't have those two on the court at the same time just due to size and defensive issues, but I just don't know if IT fits, I don't know if IT would put his ego on check in order to come off the bench after working so hard, and I feel bad for the guy, still do, always will, Um, at the way his career went from, I think, finishing, what, third in MVP voting that that one season that he played uh, so well for the Boston Celtics, uh, to having that hip injury, sacrificing his body uh, in that, that, that playoff run for the Boston Celtics, that Eastern Conference playoff run, I should say, even though it wasn't much of a performance when they played the Cavs. uh, IT just, sad sad story. I mean, I would not be upset if IT became a uh, microwave, a spark plug off the bench for the Celtics, but for every point that he scores, you just have to think about it like this. He gives up a point. So, I mean, you just, you got to have someone that can play that defense. You got to have someone that can switch. And Isaiah Thomas is just a matchup that's going to get exploited every single time. And that's just the reality of basketball. And I know that Evan Turner is not a sexy name. I know the names that are out there uh, in the buyout market are not uh, the names that Boston Celtics fans were hoping for at the trade deadline or were hoping for to um, augment and supplement uh, th- this team's um, quite abundant talent when healthy. But, I mean, just think about it like this. The players that would be replaced – the the players that would not, not be replaced, but the player that would be – they would lose minutes to a guy like Evan Turner or another wing if that is what Danny Ainge does. He doesn't end up picking up a bargain bin big man. I mean, God forbid we end up with Greg Monroe again. Uh, if he doesn't pick up a bargain bin big man and we end up with – the Celtics end up with another wing – it's going to be a guy like uh, Javante Green, and I don't think you can say necessarily that Evan Turner isn't a an upgrade over a player like Javante Green. At the very least, Evan Turner can run an offense. Evan Turner can pass the ball. Evan Turner can do things that Javante Green right now, who is basically, um, I don't want to disrespect Javante Green's game, but is basically just an athlete, an exciting athlete, a promising athlete, Uh, that Javante Green is going to give you. So I'm not mad. I've always been an Evan Turner fan. I would not be mad to see Evan Turner coming back to Boston. I've only seen it reported a couple of times by fairly reasonable sources that there would be interest if Evan Turner were bought out. I'm not sure he's been bought out yet, so there is nothing solid. I'm not reporting anything new, just laying it out there for people who I know are going to ask the question or who I know are thinking. And that just goes to show you exactly uh, how exciting this 112-107 Boston Celtics victory over the Atlanta Hawks. I probably called them the Falcons about half a dozen times in this podcast already, haven't I? The Atlanta Hawks uh, really was that we're already in the first segment talking about who the Boston Celtics might uh, sign in the buyout market because we don't really care about the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, With that, I'm going to go straight to the call lines because I've been rambling a little bit too much already talking about buyouts. At the HelloFresh call lines, toll-free, 347-215-7771. And, 7, 7, 7, and our first caller, a regular caller this season, looks like my man, Cuba, from Dorchester. Is that you, Cuba? Hey, 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 what's up, man? What's up, my friend? How you doing today?
1: I'm doing okay. How you doing, amigo?
0: Pretty good. What would you think about the game tonight? 112-107, uh, the Boston Celtics... Now on a, I believe, what is it, a, uh, how many games they win in a row again? Six in a row? I think it's either that...
1: six, six or five, something like
0: that. Something like that, yeah. Uh, I believe it's six in a row, and I believe it's, uh, what, eight out of their last nine games or nine out of the last ten. And if you look at those those games, those teams that they beat, they beat the Sixers, as I mentioned earlier in the show, they beat the Sixers, they beat the Heat, they beat the Grizzlies, they beat the Magic twice. They beat the Lakers by like how many? Thirty some odd points. They blew the Lakers right out of the gym. Yep. So in a in a ten game or eleven game span, the Boston Celtics have only lost one game. And out of all those teams that they played, they played one, two, three, four, five, five playoff teams, and one of them twice. So six of those games out of the past. Uh, 10 games that they've won were against playoff teams. What do you think about this Boston Celtics team heading into the All-Star break? I know there's a couple games left, but I think they're looking pretty good right now, even with the injuries.
1: (laughs) Well, I think it's kind of nice that we got the dub. You know, would I have liked to see the Celtics put a little more distance between themselves and the Hawks? I think I would have liked that, but when you're missing, you know, two out of your best four players, you're, you know, you're bound to struggle at some points, but I thought, you know, Jason Tatum put on another 30 plus point performance. He was, he played like a superstar. I thought um, Romeo Langford played pretty well, um, you know, for his second game as a starter. So, you know, it was a pretty good all-around game. I mean, we came to, we came really close to losing, or at least having to go to overtime. But I thought we played well, given the circumstances. I just want to say, though, that, uh, you know, it's uh, – you know, Danny Ames was on Toucher and Rich, and, you know, he was saying, oh, well, I think this is a uh, – I think this this team is capable of winning a championship, and you know when you you know if i if I gave up draft picks to trade for a player, I can bring him in, bring him in, but he may not be comfortable in his role, and that can disturb the chemistry of the team, just like last year's That's basically what he said, and I was kind of like. Oh man, come on, Danny. I mean, how many you got more draft picks than you can use. You got three draft picks in the first round. I mean, you can't hold on to those picks. So maybe he'll have to trade them in the off season. I don't know. But while you have a chance, while Kevin Durant is not on the nets, while Steph and Clay Thompson are off the Warriors, the co the, the the, end, the league is wide open. You know, you 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 can you have a chance to compete for a spot in the Eastern Conference Finals. You have to go all in. You got to use your chips and get a player who can help you. Now, some people are saying that you need to get a big. I happen to think that the Celtics needed scoring off the bench. I would have loved to have seen him trade for Alec Burks or whoever that guy on the on the Wizards was. Because, you know, we need to – we're, we're going to have to compete with the best of the East, and I don't think our bench is that good at this point. I mean, you saw how they struggled to score against the Hawks. So I think, you know, it's it's just, you know, I'm a little disappointed that he didn't pull the trigger. What are your thoughts?
0: I think that you're you're right in the sense that this is a season where the Boston Celtics can easily make a run. Uh and I think that they, you know, would do themselves well to have used up some of those uh those picks. However, um I do know better than to uh question Danny's Danny Ainge's bigger plans because Danny Ainge always has some bigger play in mind. Now, with Alex Burke, and I believe there was some other player, I forgot what what the guy's name was. Bertans, uh, something
1: like that?
0: Bertans? Uh, Bert, Bertans, they wanted, he, they wanted two first-round picks, and I think Bertans' uh, contract expires sometimes. But there was another guy from Golden State, along with Burke, um, uh, Glenn Robinson III. Both of those guys are averaging double figures in scoring. Both of those guys would have been uh, nice scoring punches off the bench. Um, with those, what I read was that the Boston Celtics were unwilling to uh waive any players that had financial uh, uh that, that were due money beyond this season so anybody that had you know more than a uh, just a contract for this year they were unwilling to waive any of those players so it it came to be a situation of roster space so when they were trying to deal with the with the Warriors for those players they just didn't have the roster space now Davis Bertans like i mentioned I would have loved to have seen him. I think, you yeah. know, if if any if anything was learned from last season with the Kawhi Leonard uh, deal, the Toronto Raptors, you know, going all in for for Kawhi Leonard, sometimes those things can, you know, pay off. But Kawhi Leonard is a different type of talent than Davis Bertans. That said, Davis Bertans may have just been that, you know, that extra piece. Real big wing, I think he's six foot ten or six foot eleven. he can shoot the ball he can you know from three he can rebound. I don't think he's a terrible passer, he's not the greatest defender, but you know he i think he would have he he would have added something significant to this Celtics roster, but I genuinely think that they believe they can compete with the roster they have right now uh with any type of type of trick... It's difficult to say because we haven't seen this team, you know, in
1: fully healthy, yeah.
0: in 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 full health, but also in like full, like 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 in full gear, like you know what I'm saying. Like it takes a while for the team, and I know that they had that, that Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. They played. Uh, in the FIBA World Cup together they played on team USA together not that they did not that the team did all that well they didn't perform according to team USA standards that was set all those years back by the first dream team i mean they're not all going to be the dream team you're not going to get <laughs> you're not going to get talent like that every single year and especially not in an off year in terms of the olympics but you you know the, that's what you got from them playing together you got a, a couple of extra Months of them training and practicing and playing together, they got that chemistry, you know, rolling, which is why they came out the gates gangbusters. Uh, and then they, then they had, then they kind of came back to earth a little bit, you know, towards you know the the the, the middle of that first half of the season, if, if we could call it that, since that's basically where we're with the with the All Star Weekend is 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 the you know the unofficial half of the season unofficial halfway point of the season well i guess you can call it the official halfway point of the season even though more than half of the games have been played and i don't think we've seen the boston celtics at full strength at full health uh playing with their full chemistry i mean you know there's you know we haven't we just haven't seen them all playing together in you know like like I said it takes it takes a while for an engine you know to get warmed up. You, you have a race car you don't just you know turn it on and then gun it. You know what I'm saying and peel out as soon as you turn it on in cold weather. You blow out your motor that way. It takes a little yeah, while for it. you know for for a team to get you know into its rhythm and, and get it you know get it all together. Not just amongst those key core players, which is extremely important, but also with. You know uh, the the other players on this team, the guys like Ennis Kanter, guys like Daniel Tyson. And Daniel Tyson actually played in the FIBA World Cup also for Germany. But you know, not with not with uh, Kimber Walker and Jalen Brown and all the others. But you once you see this team all together, and once we see them after the All Star break, and I know that's too late. At that point, you don't you don't there's no moves to be made anymore. It's you're stuck with the team you got. But I think I really think that. At this point, you just got to put faith in uh, Brad Stevens and Danny Ainge. That you know they believe that you know they're 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 the ultimate scouts of talent here, and they're looking they're not just looking at this talent. Like, well, is this team the way it's playing right now good enough to 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 win a championship or compete for a championship? Well, I think they're they're absolutely the second best team in the Eastern Conference. But what they're looking at is, well, how much is another you know. How many games have the Celtics played now? This is 36 and 15. So they played 51 games. In the next mm-hmm. 31 games, uh, our Jalen Brown assuming he he comes back, whenever he comes back, our Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, uh, Gordon Hayward, some of these young kids, Romeo Langford. I mean, this kid just, just scored, I think, 16 points tonight. I mean, that's that's a new development. We haven't seen Romeo Langford play with those other guys. So I think what Danny Ainge is looking at to you know to end this little answer short, it was a, 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 to make a long story short, uh, what Danny no, no, Ainge is looking can't... at is not just not just how these players are playing now. But how are they going to play when it get, when it comes time for the playoff and they have you know the entire they they've had a full regular season together under their belts without all the extra- the distractions without all the egos developing their chemistry getting everything right I don't know if you saw the clip of Ennis Cantor outside the uh, the the Celtics. Uh, new training facility, watching the clock on tra- on uh, the trade deadline, uh, count down da- or count down to uh, or count up, I should say, because it wasn't a countdown, but count up to three o'clock Eastern Time before running into the yeah, uh, the, uh, the, the the court and <laughs> and kissing the Celtics logo and doing a little snow angels at center court of the uh, the training facility. That's good stuff to see, you know what I mean? Because one of those guys would have had to go, and I think to to redevelop all of that. It, you know, could have could have been as much of a setback as anything else for a player that, you know, I don't know. I agree with you about the picks. You got to do something with them, you know what I mean? Unless they're really, you know, pushing hard to sell tickets for the main Red Cross because they're going to be loaded with talent if they don't do something with all these picks.
1: Out. I think the yeah,
0: they're sold they're, out. Yeah, they're, they're sold movie. out. They're yeah. like the next best thing, in, you know, in, in, in New England basketball <laughs> after the uh, after the Boston Celtics. But I, I think that Danny Ainge is. I think that this team, you know, is, is it uphill climb? Is Milwaukee, you know, uh, going to be an extremely tough team to beat? Yeah. But but who else? And and, and I'll throw it back to you since you're you're the uh, the the one caller on the line that the pressed one, and I don't have a co-host tonight, so you can fill in for for, uh, for my non-existent co-host. What team other than Milwaukee do you think poses the biggest challenge to the Boston Celtics? That they that they really needed a move to make, and do you think that they would have need that they needed to make a move in order to compete with Milwaukee, if Milwaukee is the only team that you know that's really standing in their way?
1: Well, the teams that didn't have to make a move chose not to make a move because they're already playing like really really well, and that you know those t- those two teams are Toronto and Milwaukee. Like they're playing, you couldn't ask them. To play any better, I mean, given no. that Kawhi Leonard's not on the team, they just beat the the Raptors, just beat the Pacers, and I think they like ah. set a a franchise record, thirteen games in a row. So they're playing fantastic, and the Milwaukee Bucks, they're playing pretty well. They're on pace to win seventy games. Um, they pretty much got the the first top seed. They got the top seed pretty much tied up. So those teams didn't make any trades because they didn't need to. Then you got the other teams that are in the top five, like Miami and Philly. All those teams, both those teams made trades because they realized that, okay, you know, we're not playing as well as we need to. Or they're saying, holy shit, we're playing pretty good. We need to add some guns. Like Miami was saying, we could probably compete with the best. We just got to get some support. Whereas Philly was saying, we're playing terribly. There's no spacing. Joel Embiid is out of shape. Ben Simmons still can't shoot a three. Al Horford's not living up to expectations. We got to get some help. So those two teams, Miami and Philadelphia, were, um, I guess, they needed to make a trade. Now, Boston's interesting because right in between Philly and Miami and – Also, on one end, Toronto and Milwaukee, you got the Celtics. And I think if I had to compare the Celtics to the other team, I think the ceiling is just as high as any other team in the East. The problem is we haven't been healthy. So you don't really know what you got Um, because our starters haven't played enough games together. um, And we had a a lot of young players who are still trying to find their roles. But I I like what I see. I just think, like, you know, it's hard to say how well we're going to do in the postseason um, because, really, this team does have a lot of potential, but we just haven't seen it healthy. Um, So I guess you have a couple options. Either you hold on to what you have or you take a risk and add more. I think Danny Ainge probably went the conservative route and said, listen, you know, I got a good team. He said that he was surprised by how well we're doing given the circumstances, and he chose to say, hey, we're gonna, I'm going to stick with this team. Um, do I think that was the best decision? Well, the only way we're going to find out is is when the playoffs comes. And I think at this point I I'll be happy to play any team, even the Raptors, but Milwaukee is scary. Because they got shooters all across the bench, and they got the best player, arguably the best player in the NBA, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And when Giannis is on the roll, he can't be stopped. I mean, the guy is like a freak. He can't be stopped. And I don't know if we have that dominant player on our team that can go toe-to-toe with Giannis. So, I mean, what what do you think?
0: Uh, yeah, nobody's going toe-to-toe with Giannis. There isn't a player in the NBA that can go exactly. toe-to-toe with Giannis. Uh, 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 it, it's it's going to be a matter of, I mean, unless you're uh, the 2018 Shemi Ojale, and that, that player doesn't exist, and neither does the player he was guarding. <laughs> That's, that that same Giannis doesn't exist And I mean, I don't know. I think Shemi may have gotten uh, moderately better uh, since then, but that Giannis is no longer exists. So I mean, you know, there's, there's there's nobody that's going to go head up with the the uh, the Bucks uh, or with Giannis. Is going to stop Giannis, you know, by themselves. It's just going to take uh, excellent um, team defense. defense, and I think yeah. that yeah, it take it's going to take it's going to take uh, flawless, seamless uh, team defense. The way Brad Stevens has team defense, switch defense, you know, and and I mean. I'm not sure that there was a player out there that really would have, you know, made that much of a difference. I like the moves. That Milwaukee made, I think, uh, not Milwaukee. That uh, Miami made. I like, you know, I mean, obviously our old friend uh, Jay Crowder, the player that uh, Brad Stevens, who, um, who uh, Brad Stevens yep. made his career, um, d- a defensive guy, you know, a three and D guy, Jay, Jay Crowder. I mean, I-, I like that addition. Um and Andre Iguodala, Andre, you know, two, Iguodala, yeah, two yeah. guys that are basically. I mean, Andre is basically just an athletic Jay Crowder at this point. I mean, if if I, I haven't I haven't seen either one of them play since they've been I out think west he's like, so I, long. I think
1: he's thirty. Four years old, though, right? He's 34, 35, yeah. something like that.
0: Yeah, Andre Iguodala's old. He's he's on the he's on the back end of his career. He's not quite as he's not quite Vince Carter old because Vince Carter might actually be a raptor at this point. He's so old, but yeah. but, but, <laughs> but, but, but but Andre Iguodala's you know getting up to that. Yes, that's right. He was, uh, you know, Vince, Vince Carter may have been, you know, the, the first person off the uh, off the arc. He was there off Noah's ark. Like, they, yeah let there be basketball or whatever. I don't know. But uh, speaking of Vince Carter, he was in the game tonight. He had a, a decent game for the uh, Atlanta Hawks. Um, but I, I, you know, my that's that's something I think Miami. You know, that both of those guys can at least historically have been able to, you know, hit the three. Both of those guys are. Um, yep. you know, solid defenders. I think that makes Miami a better team. I think Miami had the, the right concept. Now, the Philadelphia 76ers, I, I, I think that they had the right concept as well in trying to add, you know, uh, people been, that can man. spread the floor. Floor spreaders. Oh, but I, was, I think the biggest flaw uh, with the Philadelphia 76ers, Joel Embiid yeah. is a mental child. And until Joel Embiid, you know, decides he wants to grow up and stop, you know, playing around on Instagram or tw- or Twitter and, you know, Doing you know just the stupid shit that he just repeatedly does over and over again because it's like a joke, and I know that you know you can be that way and still win an NBA championship. But look at Kawhi Leonard last year. Look at look at Kawhi Leonard's demeanor. Kawhi Leonard didn't f around with all the you know extraneous you know bullshit. He he played basketball. He shut up and he played basketball. And that's not saying uh, uh, athletes need to shut up and dribble. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is he was focused and he was tuned in. He didn't do all the things that say, for example, our uh, previous point guard did. He, did. he doesn't do all the things that Joel B did. So I don't think that there's any player that you can add to the Philadelphia 76ers, because you look at them on paper, they're pretty stacked. I mean, they have four solid players in their starting lineup. In my opinion, five starting, because I, I really like Richardson. I think Richardson is an ex, is an extremely nice uh, wing player that can shoot and play D in his long. But then you have uh, Joel Embiid, the best center in the game, and <laughs> Ben Ben Simmons, Al Horford, Tobias Harris. I mean, I, I got an argument with somebody on uh, on uh, uh, social media the other day. They were complaining about Al Horford, and you know, not, you know, Al Horford's not doing anything for whatever amount of money he's making. I don't even care how much he's making, the 25, 27 million he's making. And then I look at his stats. 110 million. So, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think I think it averages out to 27 million a year, but he's averaging 12 points, 6 rebounds or 7 rebounds and four assists a game. How the hell is that any different than what he did in Boston? He's, but he's. I mean, no matter how much you pay him, he's he should be the Sixers' fourth option. Like, if you're mad at Al Horford because your team is losing, why aren't you mad at the at, at Joel Embiid, the best center in the game. And, you know, Ben Simmons, the next LeBron James Magic Johnson. And why aren't you mad at, you know, Tobias Harris? I mean, those are the guys that you would expect to to carry the load for you. You traded away Jimmy Butler. And then you get mm-hmm. Al Horford, and, you, and, and now all of a sudden it's Al Horford's fault. Not to defend Al, because he, he left us high and dry. He made the wrong decision, and I think he knows that. But he, even Al, Al Horford said there are things going on in the locker room, and he's not going to comment on that. And I think some of those things going on must stem. They have to stem from Joel Embiid, because if you're a Celtics fan and you've watched how these kind of like head case, you know, into themselves type of players are, like our previous point guard, uh, the guy that played in between uh Isaiah Thomas and Kemba Walker. Uh, you can see how that affects the locker room. Now Milwaukee, getting back to them. So I'm not worried about any of those other teams. I think I think Miami is is better than the 76ers. Yep. I would bring Miami uh, just below us. You know, into ter- like in in terms of like maybe like the fourth seed if the Boston Celtics are second or third seed. I think Toronto's going to come back to earth after the uh, no All Star break. They're not. They they not can't. They won 13 down. in a row. <laughs> they won. 30. That doesn't. That they, are they going to win 26 in a row? I mean, how how many in a row do we do we really picture the Toronto Raptors winning? I just. I just honestly, I think they're they're going to come back to earth. Are they going to are they just going to suddenly start to suck? No, they're going to be a, a challenging team. But I think the Boston Celtics whether they they split the season series or, or win three one against the Raptors, I, I know they they won at least two games against the Raptors this season. So I mean, yeah. I think they match up. I think they match up fairly well. I know Marcus is, oh, always a big man. They have a big man. Marcus is is, is is almost as old as uh, Vince Carter, as far as I'm concerned. The Milwaukee, the, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Boston Celtics have beat them as well, but it, it, it's it's just a matter of is is Giannis really going to be on, and will the Boston Celtics be completely healthy? Can Brad Stevens manage this to where uh, I the, know, in,
1: that'd be healthy. the
0: that that health, and I think that's all that really, that it really is that's why I'm thinking you know if 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 the in I don't know how it would work in the buyout market with you know the way I think you'd probably say goodbye maybe to Vincent. i think if Vincent Poirier has a two year contract god damn it I'd like to see you know if you're gonna get rid of somebody, get rid of the guy that's not doing anything doing anything but um <laughs> no offense uh, Vincent Poirier, if you hear this podcast, but you know i'd I would trade you for Evan Turner any day of the week. I think having a guy like Evan Turner who can you know do so many different things. Uh, is, is beneficial for, you know, for load management. Would could be beneficial for load management moving forward, and I, if the Hawks were looking to buy out Evan Turner. It would just be a matter of finding a, 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 a roster space. But I think that he also he um, has a defensive, a little bit of defense to him as well that I think could come in handy, some size that could come in handy against a team like the Milwaukee Bucks, because uh, not only are the Milwaukee Bucks, um, just a, a, a dominant team all around. They have sh- uh, shooters surrounding the best player in the league, the best, you know, the most athletic and explosive player in the league, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, but they're long and they're big, and I think you need a little bit of size, you know. And if you wanted to go with the bigger lineup, you could have Evan Turner running the point and basically just have, you know, four wings and Daniel Tice. You know what I'm saying? Not that you'd really want to leave Kemba Walker out, but if you needed a, def- a defensive stop. I I I just I really honestly still think that the the Boston Celtics and Milwaukee Bucks are a toss up in a series, and I think that you take that I, I, you know instead of or to 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 wheel it all the way back around and circle back to the original question is did did Danny Ainge do the right thing and can this team compete? I think that, you know there, there comes a point where you just take that gamble and you say yeah the, this this team it's maybe sixty forty bucks even though the 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 the, the, the uh, schedules and the and the results say different. You know their they're, you know their their win loss records say different that the Bucks should automatically destroy the Boston Celtics. I mean I just I don't I wouldn't be, I wouldn't I wouldn't be like yeah this series is going to be a five game series if the Celtics and the Bucks met up in, say, for example, the Eastern Conference Finals. The key, again, is, is going to be how healthy are the Celtics, and they're not going to be playing the Bucs in the first round. They'll be playing the Bucs in the second round, the earliest, and probably the Eastern Conference Finals they got there. And, and at that point, that's when you start to see – you know, the the fatigue and the injuries and all that other stuff, uh, the load management come into effect because then you have, you know, a, a couple of series before you finally get to that, you know, major hurdle to accomplish. And if the Boston Celtics have to play Philadelphia also, just due to the fact that Philadelphia is an emotional, would be an emotional series because that's always the way that it is between the Celtics and the 76ers. Yeah, it is,
1: it, it know, is, yeah.
0: I mean, but... And so yeah yeah I don't know what what do you think? Do you think I mean I know you, I know you mentioned uh Danny Ainge, you know, you can't you can't ha- you, you can't use all those picks. He has to do something with those picks. It's time to cash in and you know get one of those those pieces. But I mean, borrowing the idea of, you know, the fact that Danny Ainge has once again an obscene uh cache of picks. Uh what <laughs> would you have liked the Boston Celtics to have done, you know, at the, at the trade deadline? Are you are you satisfied with his Non-move, move is 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 you know st- standing pat or is do you think that you know was there a particular player at the at the deadline that you would have liked to have seen uh, Danny Ainge bring in to make a difference for the Celtics?
1: Well, I, I haven't watched much of the Pistons lately, um, but you know the Andre D- Drummond went for next to nothing. I mean, do you think he would have helped the team Very if true. you traded for him?
0: Now the Andre Drummond I mean, thing and what I was mentioned it, like
1: a... Go ahead, sorry.
0: No, no, feel free. Yeah, were you were you, were you gonna mention what he was traded for? Like I like it was it was like really it was i think i said what i said at the beginning of the show, Is that something like he was you know traded for a, you know expired bottle of ranch dressing and you know a chewed piece of you know hubba bubba bubblegum you know what i mean it's like like in the sack
1: of shit. They, yeah.
0: they, they, they they there was like, like the players that they got back in the in the, the the quality of picks or whatever it was i mean it was i mean it was just garbage let me let me let me let me pull it up on the on the computer and see what it is on my on my iPad because that's the interesting uh, thing. I mean, the,
1: would you trade Vincent Poirier for Andre Drummond cuz I sure as hell would.
0: Oh, yeah, well that's yeah, that's a no-brainer. Of course. <laughs> I mean, that that, that yeah, it, yeah, because because Vincent Poirier but, so, but is that the equivalent? I don't know who the who the Cavaliers sent for for uh Andre Drummond. I'm trying to look it up. I'm I, I can find articles that mention the trade, but though John Henson and Brandon Knight. Now I I don't know. And then a, and then a second round pick. Um, who the hell was it out of that that group of players? Those two players that made you know enough. I mean, because Andre Drummond makes like 20. He makes upwards of 25 million dollars a year. So like what? Mm-hmm. Who who the hell? Did, they must have been paying Brandon Knight one hell of a lot of money. I don't know how that you know that. Yeah, unless the I don't know unless the the uh, uh, the Cavs were under cap space and they just ate a whole lot of salary. I have no idea how that you know that works. The thing about it for me, and, and this is what I I've gathered from you know dis- discussions that I've seen on social media, is that Andre Drummond ranks among centers in the league, ranks fairly close to last when it comes to. To guarding players like Joel Embiid, and when it comes to guarding players like Giannis Antetokounmpo, yes, when it comes to guarding Giannis Antetokounmpo, and I don't think Drummond Antetokounmpo is would be the one-on-one matchup because they have you know just entirely different games. I mean, if Giannis tried to post up Drummond you know a dozen times a game, that would be stupid. That wouldn't make any sense because obviously Giannis's advantage is his speed and his athleticism. He would just basically take. Uh, Drummond off the dribble. If they were, if they were, if uh, any team, whichever team Drummond plays for, whether it's the Pistons or the Celtics or the Cavaliers, if if anyone were to put Drummond or Drummond were to switch, for example, if you were playing with the Celtics and he were to switch and draw Giannis on the switch, on the switch on defense, Giannis would just burn his ass right away. He would get right by him, and there would be a dunk on somebody's head, you know, on the help defense. So I mean, you know, Drummond would not be able to to guard. Uh, Giannis anywhere outside of the painted area, and even in the painted area, Giannis is quick enough and crafty enough to just get around him. I'd have to pull up the exact stats and do some actual deeper diving into that. But the 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 person that I was discussing with was fairly seemed to be fairly well informed, uh, and mentioned that. Drummond just, you know, when you actually dig into the numbers, and again I'll double check those numbers and and discuss them at a future date on the air, but Drummond does not fare well against Embiid and uh, Giannis, and that's always been my impression of Drummond. Drummond has never been a guy that's been able. has been a good rim defender. He's never been. He's never had very many blocks per game. I don't think he's had many seasons with more than you know. I think he generally averages under a block a game or just about a block a game, which is rare for a guy that's basically one of the last, you know, few quote unquote true or legitimate you know big man in the league. Does he get you a bunch of rebounds? Yeah, but you know, he's playing on a team that, like, who else is grabbing those rebounds? You know what I mean? Like, uh, what's his name? The, the, the dude that did the Kia commercials. I already forgot his name. He's already he's been out to leave for so long. Uh, the the dunk contest guy. Blake Griffin. That's who it is. Blake <laughs> Griffin, yeah. Grab. Blake Griffin's name. Like, Blake Griffin's not there to grab rebounds. You know, the, who else is grabbing rebounds? So, I mean, I take some of those things, some of those stats, as kind of like, you know, this is a guy doing, you know, putting up huge stats on a team with, like, nobody there. So would he necessarily do the same thing? To be honest with you, like, I'm not, I'm not mad at Ennis Cantor as, like, a budget, you know, Andre Drummond. I mean, he, he's scoring. He scores a few less points and a few less rebounds, but he also plays, you know, a few uh, less minutes. But, I mean, he's giving you – Dennis Kanter, he gave you, what, like like 15 and 15 or 16 and 15 tonight. I mean, if he if if he's going to continue, that's those are Andre Drummond numbers. I think he even out rebounded or you know close to outplayed Andre Drummond uh, a couple of times in the Celtics played the Pistons this season. So I mean, am I am I sad about Drummond? Yeah, no, I'm not sad because I'm 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 I'm. I'm Intrigued by the fact that they gave him away for nothing, that they gave him away for Brandon Knight, John Henson, and a second-round pick, the, the Boston Celtics basically could have beat that offer easily without even trying. They could have, you know, they could have had Andre Drummond. It's just a matter of that's a massive contract, that's a huge contract to take in
1: a for a guy contract, that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, huge contract for a guy. You know, I don't. I don't even know if they could have made the salaries match without giving up Gordon Hayward. And I'm sorry, but I would take Gordon Hayward over Andre Drummond. I just would. I think this team plays better in the in the system with Gordon Hayward than they do Andre Drummond. I think Andre Drummond would be. a l I think a, a big man that plays that type of basketball is a luxury for for Brad Stevens, but he's not a necessity in Brad Stevens system. That's why Ennis Cantor sure. fits so well because Ennis Cantor is just kind of like that luxury big man. He doesn't shoot the three, he plays on the block, he grabs offensive rebounds. I mean he's not the greatest of defenders. You you wouldn't mind like if Ennis Cantor could, you know, Play just a little bit better, you know, defense. That would be that would be fantastic. But he's actually having a, a career high in blocks with .9 blocks per game this season. So, I mean, he's he's doing something down there. i I watched him play. Uh, Joel Embiid, not this last game where they won, but one of the previous games where both he and Daniel Tice combined pretty much outplayed Joel Embiid or or, or played Joel Embiid to a draw in some of those games. And that's just the way that it's going to be. It's, I think that the Boston Celtics work better that way when they have, you know, instead of one guy who does a whole lot of things, you know what I'm saying, like like Joel and B to be an example of that. You have a couple of different guys, you know, like that are the role players that come in and for different situations you put them in. So Daniel Tice for one situation, and it's Cancer for another situation, and you kind of rotate them out, and that way you don't you're not stuck with you know if if one guy just can't match up, you know, like imagine you just smushed Daniel Tice. I, 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 don't want, I hope the reference doesn't go over your head, because I'm not a fan of the, of the cartoon either, but like in Dragon Ball Z, where they fuse the characters, I just now started watching it, and somebody, a friend of mine suggested I watch Dragon Ball Z, and they fuse the characters together. Now, if you were to fuse Daniel Tice and Ennis Cantor together, and you only had one center instead of the two of them, and the two of them went up against Joel Embiid and just got their ass straight kicked, that situation is not better than having mm-hmm. a separate Daniel Tyson and a separate his Cantor, If you, if that makes any sense, does that make sense to what I'm saying? So I think that's why, Brad, you know, Brad Stevens' system works the way that it does. And I really think that Daniel Tyson is underrated. I think that you know he may get you know beat up on the block, but I don't think it's that hard to get you know Joel Embiid off of his, uh, you know, out of his out of his you know mind state. And I don't think uh, if if I if I were going to put somebody to Switch on Giannis Ante on the perimeter if he gets the ball on the perimeter and the defense is switching. I would rather have Daniel Tice there than Andre Drummond. You know, I mean, I think Daniel Tice, he, he's not going to, no, nobody's going to stop Giannis, and it sounds absurd to say Daniel Tice has a better chance of stopping Giannis than Andre Drummond, but I think that's probably true. I think that Daniel Tice probably would be a better option given the fact that he has a, a slight slight bit more, you know, foot speed. He's a, he's a little bit more mm-hmm. athletic, you know what I mean? He's a little bit quicker to the ball yeah, Than you know Joe yeah. would be Does that does that I mean, does that make sense to you?
1: <laughs> that it, it makes sense to me. I, I got to get going, man, but before I go, I want to just uh share a couple stats to me. You tell me which one stands out to you the most. So, here's the first stat. Romeo Langford is the first rookie this year with three or more blocks, two or more three-pointers, and one or more steals in a game. And the Ooh. second stat, yeah, I bet you didn't know that. And then the other stat, this is really surprising. I was shocked. Um, since 1984, there have been four Celtics players to put up at least 30 points, five is Five threes, two blocks in a game. Jason Tatum did it in back to back games. And I would love to know who the other two are. The other three are probably Pierce and Larry Bird. But
0: yeah, man. That would be my guess.
1: This team. Yeah, right? <laughs>
0: so, yeah. But well,
1: what do you think of those stats, man?
0: That, excellent, excellent stuff, Cuba. Um, you know, it's hard to set. Uh... To set Boston Celtics franchise records or franchise, you know, uh, milestones like that. So you got to give it to Jason Tatum. But Romeo Langford, what he did is is so interesting because he hasn't played very much NBA basketball this season. So when well, you look at, you know, the right. fact that. He yeah, so when you look at the – he's done this. He's the only rookie that's done this, and he's played, what, how many games? You know, he's been out for – he's been in Maine for almost the entirety of the season, and then suddenly just got thrust into this, you know, 20-plus minute, you know, a game. I think he started the game uh, the the other night uh, to, you know, be thrust into this position and suddenly, you know, do that. I, I think they're both impressive, but, I mean, if you're going to ask me if – you, if you're going to ask which is the, the one that, you know – did you, you want me to know which was the most surprising or which one was the most – Impressive, because
1: which one uh, is most surprising to you?
0: Surprising Romeo Langford because he doesn't ever play. I wouldn't expect him to set any That's type of true. record, just with the minimal playing time. Not because he's not a good player, because I think he is. But, this, but the but uh, the the most impressive one is absolutely Jason Tatum because when you like I said you set a, a Celtics franchise record, a Celtics franchise milestone. It's a big deal. Just like the uh, 11 it three pointers from Marcus Smart.
1: All right, man. Well, it was nice co-hosting with you. Thank you for sharing the mic with me. And um, yeah, man, thanks for not being vulgar and mass. <laughs> <I appreciate laughs> for no, real, man. Like I'm a sports addict, man, and we live in the greatest sports town in, a, in this country. But our sports radio shows are mediocre.
0: Yeah. yeah. They're
1: garbage. So. All right. I, I think some Have of them don't nice.
0: even like. Many of the teams or many of the players. I think that a lot of them are just there to, to sow discord. They're there to kind of, you know, poke the bear, so to speak. I don't, I don't get why. You know what I mean? I, I don't know what like New York, you know, sports writers are like. Um, you know, I, I've, I've since moved to to Tampa, Florida, and I know that. Uh, we don't have very many sports writers. I know everybody's behind the the uh, the, the the Buccaneers. They like to see the Buccaneers play well, yeah. but they've they don't like our college teams around here. we've had we've always had uh, beat writers that just think our college team here. And it's not that we have a big time college team, but it's a big university. They treat them like trash. It's, it's an odd thing. I don't understand why uh, some of those personalities, Cuba, uh, just you know what I'm saying. Don't don't get behind yeah. or, or, or you I know. I don't even. Don't think, get behind the a team. lot
1: of them don't even know basketball. Like Felger, man, he, he he'll tell you basketball is his like least favorite sport, and he gets
0: because they like the socks and they like the pay, the pass. That's that's it. I don't know, and I I don't understand why because the Celtics have as have as much tradition as either one. More. Yeah,
1: and they pay this guy like God knows how much they pay him, to just like come up with these really terrible takes. But, you know, I only listen to it because I love my team and I I like to stay on top of what's being said about it. So, you know, I get my entertainment wherever I can these days. But anyways, I'm going to call it a night, man. You have a good night, Nick.
0: Take it easy, Cooper. Appreciate the call, as always. There goes uh, Cuba from Dorchester. Fantastic call. We like having new callers to the, uh, to the uh, CLNS Media Boston Celtics post game show. He's called in as far as I know. Every time that I've hosted this season, or at least since he started calling, every time I've hosted since the first time I took one of his calls, he's called in. Cuba and Dorchester, fantastic stuff. Good call, uh, good information. I know I talk too much, but when he got a word in edgewise, it was uh, definitely informative. Um, and with that, I don't think there's much more. To cover about this game, just to break it down one more time: the uh, Boston Celtics defeat the Atlanta Hawks at home, TD Garden, uh, 112 to 107, uh, improving to 36 and 15 on the season, 22 and 5 at home. They are officially in third place in the Eastern Conference. Um, closed. I don't think they made any made any ground on the. Uh, um, Toronto Raptors because the Toronto Raptors defeated the uh, Indiana Pacers. So I believe the Celtics are still a game and a half behind the Raptors for second place um, in the Eastern Conference. Raptors winning 13 in a row. Jeez, they, that team—that's that's a hot team right now that nobody is really even talking about. But um, and I'm not going to talk about them either because this is the Boston Celtics post-game show. But yeah, uh, Jason Tatum, 32 on back or 30 plus on back-to-back uh, nights, 32 points four rebounds, six assists, two blocks. Uh Jason Tatum really showing what he's made of as the uh the highlight, the focal point of the Boston Celtics offense. Um, Ennis Cantor, double double, Ennis Cantor's looking real good. He also led the team in plus minus on the game with uh twenty three. So Ennis Cantor was a definite, definite uh, uh uh bonus to this team And, you know, having Ennis Cantor come back now his third game back after missing five. Um In the absence of Daniel Tice, who may be out until after the All-Star break um, with an ankle injury, Uh, Gordon Hayward missing the game with uh, residual uh, nerve uh, pain in his foot after his uh, injury a couple of seasons ago, and uh, Jalen Brown nursing a sprained ankle. Um, The Boston Celtics will be in action again this Sunday at 3.30 Eastern time, at Oklahoma City, the sixth place, Oklahoma City. Um game will be broadcast live on NBA T V and as always there will be a post game, uh, immediately after the final buzzer or approximately two and a half hours after tip off and if you need help with your math three two and a half hours after three thirty would make it six o'clock. So if you wanna set your uh alarm clocks Set your clocks, your schedules, put it on your calendar. This uh, coming Sunday at approximately 6 o'clock, the CLNS Media Boston Celtics post game show will be back in action live, taking your calls. Do not know who the hosts will be, but if it is CLNS Media, you know they will bring you the best in post game analysis. Uh, I'm just going to string this out until I find a cool song to play at the end of this. Uh, Show. Let's see. Let's scroll down here. You know what? We'll just go with this one because it was a good game tonight. Have a good evening, y'all. CLNS Radio, the home of Internet Sports Talk Radio.